You are listening to Find Your Flow Podcast, where we cover everything you need to know about coaching. Presenting the host, Talia Vardar, Master Certified Coach at the Flow Coaching Institute. Um, hello, everyone. This is Talia Vardar. I switched to coaching more than a decade now. Um, 14 years ago, 15 years ago, and um, I have a career in um, marketing. My previous career was in marketing, and then I switched to therapy. Then I became a professional coach, and I loved it. And since then, I've been coaching, and um, I have been coaching executives, um, C-level, second and third generation um, leaders of family companies. And I also volunteer some of my time to coach uh, young people to help them with their um, future career decisions. And I am passionate about gender equality and also the concept of flow. So I'm very happy to be here today with you. And I'm a master certified coach. Thank you, Talia. George? Hey. Um, tough act to follow. Uh, my name is George Phipps. Uh, I also switched to coaching around the same time as Talia. My background was corporate IT. And um, I ended up switching to coaching, A, because I got retrenched, and B, because I just finished doing a master's degree in leadership, and I wrote a thesis on how mentorship can support emerging leaders in the workplace. So I got really hooked on mentorship and coaching, and coaching was the next level. So I moved into that. I also love it. I wish I'd discovered it many, many years ago. Um, But I now live in South Africa. I lived in Canada, and I've been coaching all over the place. I actually coach also in Dubai and Shanghai and internationally, which is really nice. And I work mostly with execs and um, emerging leaders, so supervisory people moving up the ladder, that kind of thing. Uh, I also teach coaching for Flow, and I also teach for a, a college here in South Africa as well. And I'm a mentor coach for ICF, so I do some mentor coaching and supporting students in their journey towards accreditation and i just love what i do and as i said i wish i'd found it years ago but um it is what it is and onwards and upwards so thank you thank you george thank you george appreciate that um, I'll just quickly present myself. I'll be moderating today's LinkedIn live event. I'm Dan Grissoni. I am a graduate from the Flow Coaching Institute and hold my Flow Certified Professional Coach uh, certification. And I am also a what is known under International Coaching Federation, a PCC, a Professional Certified Coach. So um That's a a huge accomplishment that just came across this year. Very Mm -hmm. pleased with that. In addition to that, um, I am also a facilitator at Flow Coaching Institute and have spent the past 30 years within the human resources space, uh, both as an HR business partner and uh, within the learning and development space. Uh, I was first introduced to coaching when I was 20, 21. 
in a telecommunications company. And it was mind boggling and it was mind blowing. Uh, and I waited a long time for uh, to get my certification. But the, when the time was right, I took the plunge. And so if you're thinking about it or you're scratching your head right now, uh, <laughs> I really encourage you to do so. Um, so that's a little bit about all three of us. And we've received a series of questions that uh, we'd like to go through to be able to provide you with answers. But as we go along throughout the LinkedIn Live event, please feel free to submit additional questions and we will do our very best to get to all of them. Um, to start off, actually, Talia, can I ask you, there is a question that someone asked about what is flow? Would you be able to talk about that just a little? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So um, as we go along, we will be seeing the questions as well on the screen. So um, the flow is, um, for so many people, they think that flow is about being in the moment, you know. But um, the science, there is a science behind uh, flow, uh, behind the psychology of flow, let's say. And um, the uh, one of the pioneers of positive psychology, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, studied um, about what makes happy. And after uh, more than 20 years of research, he came up with this idea and, and theory uh, about what makes people happy. And, and it is the flow experience that makes us happy. And, and the good news is that, you know, bad news, let's say, let's start with the bad news. The bad news is that, you know, uh, contrary to the common um idea opinion um as like you know our brain is very smart you know and uh, our brain has an order that's not true science has proven that our brain is in chaos most of the time and the chaos is the normal state of mind. However, the good news is that we can, as individuals, you know, uh, we can regulate and facilitate uh, the uh, different states uh, of our mind by uh, bringing certain conditions together. Um, and those conditions are, um, according to Mihaly, psychologist Mihaly's flow model, um, uh, are, uh, they start with having a meaningful intention, having a meaningful goal. Um, about um, what makes you happy or about your job or about um, learning or developing new skill. And then, on top of that, you should be really uh, doing something about it with intentions, intentionally, with intention. And then you should be measuring progress and momentum and reflecting about the process. And, and also, out of the, this experience, you should be experiencing some growth. Um, growth in a sense of um, a developed skill, 
or developed inner confidence, whatever you name it, you know, something that is meaningful for you. And, um, and it also, the process also should have an activity uh, that gives you a sense of flow in the moment, which means that you enjoy the activity, such as um, a sports, you know, like a skiing activity or um, or coaching people, uh, teaching or talking with people, whatever gives you joy in the moment. And then you, again, give yourself feedback and reflect on the process, and you should end up with having a sense of increased um, confidence in your ability to do something, to do the activity. It might be a language, it mm -hmm. might um, increased, you know, uh, challenges, tackling increased challenges in your job. It might be anything. So that is what um, is called as flow in the science of positive psychology. So two conditions are uh, important. Um, the child that you should be feeling like you're overcoming certain challenges. Um, and in the meantime, uh, you should be feeling that you are developing yourself. You are growing, learning a new skill, and and becoming good at it every day. So that's what um, flow is in the science of positive psychology. Thank you, Talia. Is it safe to say then, based upon? The description that you provided, when someone finds themselves in flow, it's like they're in their groove and time passes by really quickly. They may not even necessarily be aware of it. And they're just getting enjoyment out of that because they're feeling that there is a level of challenge that's present that just, you know, they, they see nothing more than just to continue along that path. Yes. Um, in the moment when you're involved in the activity, definitely. And then the process of flow is like almost like, you know, like thinking about let's give coaching as an example so one person let's say we all started like that we wanted to become good coaches you know and we wanted to build successful and 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 fulfilling coaching careers so that's a meaningful goal and then when you're coaching um following up your idea your definition so you are in flow you have a sense of enjoyment. And when you complete a good coaching session, your sense of joy increases, has increased. And then when you think of it as a process, as a period, let's say one month, two months, six months, a year, if you have repetitively um, these, you know, is in your life, then your sense of happiness increase. You will feel more content. You will feel more in flow in your life. Wonderful. So the key to the key to happiness is find your flow. Right? Find your flow. <laughs> find your flow, and a great place to find it is at Flow Coaching Institute. <laughs> 
Thank you. <laughs> so Sherry has a question. Um, Sherry asks, one of my questions is how to distinguish the boundaries between various types of coaching. Who'd like to answer that question? It's an interesting question. I mean, I guess, you know, if you're talking about, say, boundaries between um, life coaching and executive coaching, I'm not sure that there are boundaries. I think it's a case of contracting up front with your client around what is it you actually want to get out of the coaching. So say, for example, you're you're working in a, in a business coaching um, capacity. Um, what do you want to get out of that? Or how can I best support you in that? And but it may it may morph into, well, you know, I feel I'd be a better I'd be a better business person if I were fitter or if I had something else. So it it can cross boundaries. Um I'm not sure if I'm answering the question, but um there are I think there are certain areas of coaching where there might be boundaries. You know, if you're you're working in specific uh, speciality areas where you as a coach may not feel comfortable working in another area. Like for example, I'm very, I'm very um, comfortable working with execs on business challenges. I'm not so comfortable in the life coaching space around emotion and stuff like that. I, I work with it all the time, but it's not my preferred area. So that's when I'll have a referral list of other coaches. Hey, Talia's great in that space. I really think it would be good if you had a couple of sessions with Talia. And if you want to come back to me to work on process or whatever, we can do that. I'm not sure if that's answered your question. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can say a few words as well, if you don't mind. Um, specific to Sherry's um, question. Sorry, I get some weird messages. So, um, like, you know, um, Sherry, um, you specifically gave examples of, uh, from business and wellness um, coaching. So um, I think the question comes from maybe your personal experience. I don't know. Um, but, um, for example, in business coaching, if, let's say, you're coaching a business owner, of course, the business owner's wellness might come up um in the conversations like resilience for example might because if the person is working hard and not uh, having like work and life balance for example well-being resilience or stress or burnout those things are discussed um but um to george's um comment about like you know this takes us to the coaching agreement so um so if the coaching process let's say six sessions are about um, very specific tactical goals such as increasing uh, revenues helping the business owner to increase their revenues uh, or to find strategies to increase their revenues by let's say two percent in six months and um, you're going to work with their uh, with the teams, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's very tactical. That's what I would call as like tactical coaching. But um, if the contract is about supporting the business owner in becoming a leader that would uh, come up with those strategies, think about those strategies to increase the revenue, uh, then. Um, 
the person's well-being, the person's health, other things might come up. So um, this takes us to one of the ITF competencies. We follow the client's agenda. That's very important. You know, that's very important. Thank you. Yeah, one of the things just to carry on about um, contracting with groups, working with groups, it can be teams or groups can be a different thing. But when you're working with a team or a group, it's very important to get a contract. And when you're working within that group is to make sure everyone gets a voice. It's not about one person monopolizing the conversation or one person, whatever. And, you know, in, in, in group coaching, um, you may have one specific goal, whereas in team coaching, we may each member of the team may have their own specific goals. So it's very it's very interesting and very good to know the difference between team coaching and group coaching. And again, it really is around contracting. What is it you want to get out of this at the end of the day? Because remember, as to Dan's point, we're always working with the client's agenda. So it really is around what will make this coaching intervention or this coaching session useful for you. What do you want to take away? And then you work within that um, around what it is the client wants or the group or the team. And also the um, group coaching or team coaching, let's say, the number of sessions, uh, the duration of coaching, those things also are different. Um, you cannot coach an individual for five hours. They would just, you know, be drained. But, you know, when it is team coaching, you might coach a team for a full day, like, you know, seven hours, because there will be a lot of people, several people involved in the conversation. <laughs> then I'm sure you have it. I can just on that really around finding where you're most comfortable. And if you're not comfortable within those certain areas, ask the questions, find your own support system, whether it be a coach, supervisor, whatever, to allow you to be work more comfortable in that space. The whole idea is, remember, as coaches, our role is to support brainstorming and thinking. Therefore, we need to find the areas we work best in. And if we do, if our gut's telling us there's something not working properly, then I think that's the, the key to finding out what do we need to work effectively in that space? Or do we need to pull in other resources to support us in that area, as opposed to trying to struggle through being um, be all and end all to everyone and every different yeah, niche. Yeah. yeah, that's a very important and valid point because we all switch to coaching because we all love to help people. That's, you know, that's why we switch. And uh, at least, you know, three of us <laughs> switch to coaching because we love helping people. And um Within that, you know, helping people is a broad concept and coaching is one of the areas. And and within coaching, the type of clients that you enjoy working with also is an important uh, concept. But you cannot know upfront unless you work with different people, you know. So um, for those uh, of you who are um, thinking about becoming a coach or who are just, you know, maybe our students or new coaches, just observe yourself. Like, you know, who do you enjoy to coach the most? You know, that's, that's very important because um, 
And in the beginning, I always say coach everyone <laughs> because that will give you experience. But after uh, coaching enough number of people for enough number of hours, let's say you uh, have 100 coaching uh, experience hours, then just reflect. Who do you like to work uh, most? And what gives you, what type of topics uh, excites you the most? That's very important. For example, I like to go deep um, into the emotional world, you know. Unlike George, unlike my husband, my husband also is a PCC. I like to go transformational. I like to go. So that's why, to George's point, it's good that we're different because we attract different types of clients. We don't compete with each other this way. Our energies are different. Excellent. Thank you. Farooq had a question, and the ask is, how did you create a fulfilling and long-lasting, successful coaching career? What is your story? How many hours do we have? It's <laughs> 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 uh, an interesting sure. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question, so for yeah. me, again, as Talia said in the beginning, I went out and I coached anyone and everyone. And I started finding what I actually enjoyed doing. And I thought, I'm not actually going to make a lot of money coaching individuals one-on-one. -on -one. So I started looking at other opportunities to coach as well. So I really got involved. Well, I got asked to get involved in teaching for, as I say, a couple of different colleges. I love teaching. I love being part of that whole thing and, you know, working with people and finding out what their ideas are. So teaching became quite a big part of my career, if you like, as coaching career. I also enjoy mentor coaching because I get the opportunity to see people progress and become really good coaches because there's a lot of people out there in the world calling themselves coaches and they, they're coming with no real training or no real following, you know, ICF guidelines or competencies. So that's another part of it. But the other thing was, as I progressed... It was interesting. I really did find my niche. I learned to stop working with friends' children, and I learned to stop working with friends of friends. And I started learning to work with people. My background being corporate kind of naturally drove me into that space. And what I found happening was after about two or three years working with different people, my natural um, strength started to appear. And... I don't advertise for clients at all. Every client I have is a referral. Um, so you find your niche. And I think it can take, sometimes it could take someone six months. Sometimes it could take someone six years. But I think once you find your niche, this is a vocation and clients find you. And the work you're meant to be doing gradually finds you. That's been my experience, and I, I certainly hope it works for everyone else because it's been a very interesting journey. And um, right now, as I said, I'm, I'm flying. I'm doing everything I want. I've been working internationally. I've been doing all, all kinds of stuff. So my advice to anyone out there is just be the best coach you can be. Set your intention. Um, be real. Be authentic. Don't don't try to to be something you're not. And you, the, the clients will come to you. That'll happen. It doesn't happen straight away. So to Talia's point, go coach everyone. Find out who you don't want to coach anymore. 
find out who you do, find out where your strengths lie, reflect, chat with people, network with people. And eventually, if you're good at what you do, it actually comes back in spades. And that has been my experience to date. Mm -hmm. That's very true. That is very, very true. Um, if I can take a quick minute, just in the beginnings during um, my certification uh, process, I was coaching anyone and anyone I, that I possibly can. And I had instantly branded myself as an executive leadership coach. And what I found is that I was actually attracting uh, people who were looking to build up on their confidence. And I went with it. I went with it. And then through there, I was able to build a practice, which is still being built because it doesn't happen overnight. Um, but ultimately, now I'm finding that I am essentially attracting clients in the leadership space, the executives in the leadership space, you know, frontline managers, mid managers, senior managers, and I'm able to partner with them to help them achieve their goals. But go ahead coach everyone, coach, you know, your spouses until your spouses tell you, don't coach me anymore. Um, that may happen. Uh, but take the time, take the time, feel it, investigate it, reflect on it, you will find your space and, and clients will start to come. Mm -hmm. And Don't forget to ask for feedback. Because, you know, if you're asking clients for feedback, you can also say, if you can think of anyone else, that might benefit from my style of coaching, please feel free to refer them. I got lots of clients that way. <laughs> Ruth has a question. <clears throat> what are the skills that make you a good coach? I would like to know what skills do we need to excel in coaching in addition to answering powerful questions? Who would immediately like to comes to mind become a good listener and listen to what's actually going on for the client not to answer be authentic let your ego go and just go in there set your intention and go in there with the intention to fully support whatever the client's bringing to the session so those kind of skills the active listening skills the um setting your own intention, uh, being realistic, being authentic, not trying to be, we're not all Tony Robbins, um, you know, and Tony does a great job in his space, but we're all different and we all bring different things to the table. So let go of the insecurities you have and just set your honest, open intention to support that client. And you will be amazed at the results you'll get from that and that the natural skills that come through my two cents that's excellent i also think that when we think of coaching and the impact that it has we're working with people so a key skill is really relationship building as well forming those relationships um you are essentially as a coach um helping someone through some type of change that they desire and authenticity is important trust establishing that trust with the client is also key um, so it, it's a myriad of different skills and whether you choose to join an upcoming 
um, Flow Core Foundations program or the business coaching program or just the all-inclusive modules one through to six, Flow Coaching Institute will teach you and walk you through all of these important elements that help you excel as a coach. And what you're seeing on your screen right now are three different tracks. So I'll spend a quick moment just sharing a little bit about each. And the very first one that you're seeing is Core Foundations. It's uh, five modules and is comprised of 60 hours of training. By going through this track, you can also then apply for a credential through the International Coaching Federation once you have satisfied some additional uh, requirements. Okay, the next track, if you prefer, you can always take the business coaching track and it prepares you once again to get credential through ICF for your ACC, which is the Associate Certified Coach. This is the track that I initially started on and continued along into Module 6, which is essentially a really good practicum supervision mentoring program where you get ongoing feedback. Um, and then the, the, the other program that you can enroll in is modules one through to six, it's all inclusive. And the benefit to that is when you graduate from Flow, you're certified as a Flow certified professional coach, but you have the option of doing two things. One, once you've satisfied the 100 hours of external client coaching and you apply for your credential, you can obtain your ACC credential. From there, once you um, obtain 500 hours or more, you can then apply for your PCC, which is your professional certified coach credential. Alternatively, you could simply wait until you arrive at 500 hours or more of coaching external clients and directly apply for your PCC credential. Okay. Um, and just to shed some additional light, we do have some upcoming um, modules that are available for modules one through to five. We have a winter intensive program that focuses in on the core foundations. It's a three week program that runs Monday to Friday and it kicks off on Monday, February the 7th, and will run through to February 28th. It's two hours every day from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. Additionally, there is a 15-week program where you participate in the certification two hours each week, and that kicks off on Wednesday, February 16th, and concludes on May 11th from 7 p.m. Eastern to 9 p.m. Eastern. And that's for modules one to five. If you're interested and you've already gone through modules one through to five, or you're looking to get practicum supervision and mentoring, you can also sign up for the advanced module six, which really comprises of a total in there and of another 65 hours of training. And you meet once or twice a month and that kicks off on March the 12th and runs through to August 13th for three hours. 
So if you are interested, feel free to reach out to Flow Coaching Institute. There's the email address at the bottom at info at flowcoachinginstitute.com or at Flow Coaching Institute on Instagram and even Facebook, or you can reach one of us. So we'll move on to the next question then. And we're just looking. So Heather says, when you first started coaching, how did you build your clientele? What marketing support did you have? I had a huge team, everybody. Like this <laughs> team, I had marketing experts. I had business analysts. No, I am totally teasing. Um, it was myself. It was myself, but I'll hand it off. Uh, we'd love to hear from both uh, Talia and George what you did when you first started off. Um, so I, you know, my uh, background is um, in marketing. At least my corporate, you know, background is in marketing. But uh, believe me or not, in the beginning, I didn't apply any of my experience or knowledge in marketing to my, you know. Um, client acquisition or like you know building clientele i um really um, wanted to become confident first you know so that was my uh, intention and that's what i worked on i i wanted to become confident in my coaching abilities and only after that i felt confident in reaching out to people and those days we didn't have social media ladies and gentlemen <laughs> so i'm that old <laughs> and i didn't have a website either so i really uh, knocked the doors reached out to people um, provided good coaching and uh, impact and changed lives and um, received referrals in return. That's what I did. It's very simple and straightforward. <laughs> that was the marketing support I had. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the same, because we, we graduated at the same time, Talia, and we had a lot of friends in common. And it was kind of like, I was asking all my friends if they knew anyone who wanted coaching because I needed the hours. And I actually got some business cards done I felt very confident because I had a business card that said, you know, I was a graduate and trained coach. And um, I went back into my old workplace as well because there was a whole bunch of people who were being retrenched at the time and asked anybody if they wanted any support or coaching, which gave me a few more clients. But then it was kind of saying, really asking for feedback after the session. Well, how was that for you? What changed for you during that session? Um, again, to my previous point, do you know anyone else who might benefit from this? And, you know, sometimes I even bribe people with free coffee. But, you know, to get the hours in the beginning, um, it was a bit of a bind. But you just got to keep pushing forward and pushing forward and pushing forward. And as Talia said, once people start seeing the value, then people will come. Um, so it's not easy in the beginning. But you know, again, and nowadays, so I teach a lot of, of students now for two different colleges, and the kind of marketing support they use is today they use things like LinkedIn. I had one friend who said she graduated, well, not a friend, a client, sorry, a 
student who graduated from the program and she sent out a mass email to all of her LinkedIn con uh, contacts and said, I've just graduated from wherever coaching and I'm becoming a coach. And do you know anyone or would you be interested in a free coaching session? So she offered a free coaching session to all of her LinkedIn contacts. She was also a bit of a web fundy, so she threw a web page together for herself. And um, she's a millennial. She's brilliant. And she has, she, in one year, she has about 200 clients. But, you know, she is a bit of a web fundy and she's a very outgoing person. And she she just worked her whole network. She worked LinkedIn. She worked Facebook. She worked whoever her friends were and friends of friends. And she is going like a Boeing. She's just taken off running and she's doing very, very well for herself. Yeah, I can resonate with that because, um, I mean, I didn't have 200 clients, but I had enough clients <laughs> at the end of the first year. So it's really about uh, clients will not just, you know, uh, fall into your lap from sky. So they will not appear uh, in your uh, door doorstep, like you know, um, so you have to do something. Um, so, just you know, I believe that finding the first maybe paying ten clients might be a challenge, but if your coaching is good, people will refer you to others, their friends, and you know. So really, pay attention to. Uh, becoming a good coach, align your skill set with the ICF competencies and uh, get a good training, work with a coach, hire a coach and be coached. That's very important. I did that. I worked with, I hired five different coaches in um, the first four years. Um, so because that helps you to understand what a coach does and you know how it impacts you, what is your experience of working with a coach, that that is an amazing experience. So um, a lot of coaches forget about that, you know, but you know you really need to hire a coach to understand. Uh, what it looks like, you know, and what it feels like. So that's very important. That's what I did also. I worked with um, four different coaches, three in the first two years, um, and they all helped me. Um, and uh, observing them also, like, you know, how they run a session and what kind of questions do they ask? How do they start? How do they end? Those things also, the experience helped me a lot. But as I said, just, you know, focus on uh, obtaining maybe your first contract with a company or like um, obtaining 10 paying clients and then the rest will uh, follow I believe in that the other thing I, I, I'm, I'm now pumping education is that when, when Tali and I were studying that we had a huge cohort there was like 76 people or something in that cohort and we, we still we found like friends and we we kind of all coached each other and we got to know each other's strengths and, you know, we could get referrals from even from our fellow students around. I'm a, I may not be the right coach for you, but George is good or Talia is good on this specific thing. Why don't you try them out? So being part of a community of coaches, even if it's joining, 
run it like a flow program where you've got say 10 or 12 other people on the program you get you feel more confident because you're part of a community and also you get to know who's where because again flows programs are great because people are from all over the world and from all over the country and you know they know people and you can now connect everything via zoom whatever so it really is a great way so i guess what i'm trying to say is if you can get become part of a community whether it's your own network whether it's through a, a training school whether it's through icf whatever being part of that community can also bring you clients and i know that i've had a lot of clients through teaching um from both institutions I teach with and have a lot I've had a lot of amazing opportunities through that medium um just being recognized as being sort of a, a fairly good coach thank you thank you and I think you know on top of that there's one other aspect to consider if you're working for an organization right now right the one thing that we know is that bottom line everyone needs a coach um and, and i i purposely enunciated that but everyone does need a coach you can as you as you are certified is speak with your leadership teams and identify if the opportunity exists to be an an internal coach um that can also provide you with clientele. Uh, and from there, as you're growing your practice, you're also practicing yourself. So Talia, it looked like you wanted to say something as well. You're on mute, by the way. Um, so I think that's a very good point. And a lot of organizations today um, are looking, for, uh, especially uh, during the pandemic, we did a lot of corporate work also uh, to support uh, the workforce. But, you know, um, employees don't know that they can reach out to HR or their leaders and, and ask for a coaching support. They don't know that they can do that. And, and, and once they do it, um, it's in the radar of the HR, it's in the radar of the leaders, and they really um, help their employees to get that kind of support. That's that's, and then it's really everyone needs. It. I, I I completely agree, and also learn to become a coach. What we teach in the Flow program is not only the coaching skills um, to align your skills with the ICF competencies but we teach a structure of thinking a way of thinking so that also uh, one of our students last week asked like you know how can I coach myself like you know so and and we did a like you know a practice with her and she was like oh this is amazing now I can coach myself so the skills that you learn the more the structure that you learn in the program in the flow program um, will really help you to yourself so um like using those those processes um for yourself will help you understand and internalize um what shifts for you what paradigms what way of thinking what mindset what emotions that is such a valuable experience and insight for a coach to use with 
others. Um, so, like, you know, higher highly recommend if you don't have the resources, reach out to your network and ask for being coached and coach. And if you are an employee in an organization, reach out to HR, reach out to your leaders and ask for a coach if it is possible. Just, you know, inquire about that and then coach yourself. Use those skills to coach yourself. Thank you. I did see a question pop up. There we go. And Melissa asks, where does one start to create a long lasting coaching career like yourself? Educate yourself. Yeah, believe in yourself, first of all. Educate yourself and ask yourself, why do you want to do this? Because if you're very sure about the reason why you want to do it, then it can become a reality. So make it your reality. Um, the world needs great coaches. There are millions of coaches out there, but I'm saying the world needs great coaches. And how you do that is you constantly improve your skill set, you constantly self-reflect, you constantly ask for and receive feedback, and you're constantly improving your own ability to become a really good coach. So, but it starts with believing in yourself. I, I remember in some of the things I've taught, we talk about imposter syndrome. Let that go. It's gone. Just let it go and start believing in yourself. And when you start that and you've got the right skills and you've got the right credentialing and certification behind you and your community of fellow students or, or even a college or whatever that you've gone through, that gives you the self-confidence to go out there and actually make it happen because you're no different from anyone else. We've all struggled. We've all started our coaching practice from zero. and But we're all out here joining forums like this, listening to people who have done that, approaching other people like, you know, we all need a, a skill set. So how do you get that? Coach yourself. Get out there and do it. <clears throat> But don't sit back and, and think, I can't do this. It's not like whatever. But you start with yourself and then you, you work with your network and you, you mix with people who think the same and who can, can give you the self-confidence to go out and do what you need to do. That's why Talia said, everyone needs a coach. So, yeah, that's my two cents worth. I think also, <clears throat> Melissa, with... Um... What I find interesting is that you've asked the question, which the fact that you're asking the question demonstrates that you have an interest. And it's about now digging a little bit deeper or peeling that, the, the layers of the onion back to say, what interests me about this, right? And find what that purpose is or that meaning is, and then go with it. Create a goal for yourself if you believe it's the right thing for you to do. And it's something that you desire doing. So we have, thank you, Melissa. Rudy asks, is coaching one person than, diff than coaching a whole team? That's a great question. It boils back to contracting again. You know, what it, when you're coaching one person, um, as Judge Judy says, you're putting on your listening ears. And you're listening and you're you're working with what they're coming up with, options, possibilities, um, 
you know, brainstorming, that kind of thing. When you're coaching a whole team, you're now working with a team goal. What does the team want? So what options have they discovered? What possibilities exist for them? What brainstorming opportunities exist? The only difference is when you're working with a team, it's very, um, it's intrinsic that everyone in the team gets a voice. And if there's any sort of barriers or notice of people that are getting in the way, creating that awareness around what might be stopping a team. It could be one person, it could be two people within that team that may be holding them back. But creating that awareness around what are your concerns? I'm hearing this, I'm sensing this, I'm noticing this. So again, you use the same um, tools and the same techniques with an individual, but with a team, you need to pay attention to every single person on that team to make sure that you're coaching everyone and everyone reaches a consensus because otherwise you can fall into cordial hypocrisy where everyone just agrees and nothing gets done. So you really have to dig deeper, as Dan says, into what's the what's the real um, intention for this team? What what is the what is actually going on for them? Is there anything behind this that's stopping them from moving forward? Or it can be a great experience where they just call you in to help them brainstorm around what their options and possibilities are. But again, the, the key point is to make sure everyone gets heard and everyone, um, you sort of suss everyone out what's going on for them. And that can be very, very effective when you're working with a team. Thank you. And then Rudy also asks, how life coaching is different from executive coaching, performance coaching, neuro or brain, co or brain coaching? I can answer that. Um, one, I want to say, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I want to say one more thing about um, coaching groups or teams. So when I'm coaching um, a group of people, uh, it might be group coaching, it might be team coaching, what I watch for and what I observe um, and pay attention to, like, you know, what themes, you know, do this um, group of people have um, what patterns because um, as a coach um, your superpower is your listening skills your questions timely, meaningful uh, powerful questions and also your observational skills so when you have kind of observation uh, usually um, they uh, teams like in the interpersonal relationships all have ideas about others and, and what kind of a team we are etc etc but the, the blind spots are about the themes and patterns that they have so when you incorporate uh, those themes and patterns that you observe or you hear or the language patterns that they use without being aware that they're using those language patterns, then they get a lot of aha moments. And then what happens is like, you know, they start to respect you as a coach and then uh, start to, co of course, 
not judging them, not offending them, but just, you know, subtle uh, integrations of, you know, those observations uh, create really big impact in the process. So um, it helps me. And I know because I observed George uh, in, uh, you know, in action, he does that too. So I think that's like we have superpowers, um, observational skills, listening skills, and and powerful questions, and and direct communication, which is like sharing some observational feedback. Don't underestimate those. They're very powerful tools in a group coaching or team coaching process. And and to answer Rudy's question, uh, life how life coaching is from executive to me uh, and and um and sue sheldon who is our uh, lead mentor she would agree with me all coaching is life coaching because um people have one life so what you want if you are coaching executives, for example, you coach one dimension or maybe a few dimensions of their life, which will have an impact on their whole system. So everything will move when you coach them. That's why um, the contract, the initial agreement, might have a certain framework, but as long as you coach people, it's life coaching. And if you are a life coach, however, um, usually life coaches work on um, topics like life transitions, transformations, balance, confidence, self-love, etc., etc. However, in executive coaching, um, you, I mean, it would be rare. I don't uh, think that it's not possible, but it, it would be rare if an executive comes to you with a need for uh, to be coached for self love. Um, but it might, they might come to you for a topic such as like increased confidence or like. Um, they might be feeling lonely and, you know, so those things I work with such executives or stress management or, or burnout, like those topics, relationship skills. Um, neurobrain coaching, to me, um, as long as you abide by the ICF competencies, asking open-ended powerful questions, providing safe space, etc. It's all about coaching the brain and, you know, so we're not coaching um, any other, like we're not coaching the liver, we're not coaching, so we're coaching the, you know, the brain. So uh, it's, it's brain coaching, you know, but um, what we do in flow coaching, different maybe than, um, many other disciplines, let's say, it's the alignment between mind, body, and um, spirituality and the, you know, the, you know, uh, cultural relationships, etc. We believe in coaching the whole person, but all coaching is brain coaching. We are 
we are asking questions like, you know, what will that look like? There is only one way of answering that question. Your brain will think the upper cortex will be, you know, activated. And then uh, the visual part of your brain will just start to envision. So that's brain coaching. Thank you. Katrina asks, can you talk about the certification, the certification tracks? Thank you. So we we can we covered that a little bit earlier. We can go through it once again. Um, so starting up at the very top of the slide, you'll see what is the medallion for or the badge of FCC. Uh, if you're interested in becoming a Flow Certified Coach, you can enroll in the Core Foundations Modules One through to Five, which is a sixty-hour coach certification training and is um, credentialed and approved by the International Coaching Federation. It prepares you to apply for your ACC. You also have the option of selecting the route of the Flow Certified Business Coach program. It also prepares you for your ACC credential through the International Coaching Federation and is comprised of 60 hours of training. Or alternatively, you can follow the path that I did, which is the ICF, AC, TP, all-inclusive modules one through to six coach certification training. It takes approximately, depending upon how quickly you'd like to go through it, or if you want to take your time, it could take about anywhere from eight to 10 months um, if you want to really ac uh, accelerate that. And that includes 125 hours of coach approved and accredited training. When you conclude that training, you are able to then apply for your ACC or your PCC, depending upon how many uh, client coaching hours you have accumulated from the date uh, that you began going through certification. But for more information about that, you can always check out the International Coaching Federation. Uh, in addition to that, we do have a few upcoming uh, programs that are launching. The Core Foundations Winter Intensive for Modules 1 through to 5 starts on Monday, February the 7th and runs through to February 28th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. And the Core Foundations Modules 1 to 5, if you prefer to take this over a period of 15 weeks, two hours a week, kicks off on February 16 and concludes on May the 11th. And it is an evening program that runs from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern. Thank you. And we also have an upcoming Advance Module 6, which kicks off on March the 12th and runs through to April 13. This program, you meet once, sometimes twice a month, and each session runs for three hours. If you do have further questions about that, oh, we also have the upcoming Expressive Arts program that Talia facilitates, um, which is a coaching certificate, is part of the coaching certification program, and it launches 
um, starting on Saturday, February the 12th. And it is a three-hour program and runs through to April the 2nd. If you do have additional questions, we invite you to contact us through info at flowcoachinginstitute.com. We have just come up to 1 p.m. Eastern, so we would really like to thank you for participating today and providing your questions. Um, Very much so. And have yourselves a terrific day. Find your flow. You've got it within you. Um, Give us a shout anytime. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Subscribe now to find your flow.